quickly because we're going to hold off on the phone calls. We've got an opportunity to talk to the voice of the Gators, Mick Hubert, and that is how we are going to get going here on a Thursday. It's, uh, it's hot outside, and this guy's always hot, even though he's been around here for 30 years. Uh, never cooling down, always that passion, and wanted to bring Mick on to, uh, to talk about this now 30 years experience at Florida and, of course, finishing up the, uh, the spring season as well. So, Mr. Voice of the Gators, how are you, sir? Hey, Jeff. Great to be on with you. I'm doing great. Well, good. Um, and, you know, I, ho- I think a lot of Gator fans are hoping for a, a great Monday. We know it's going to be great because everybody's off at this Memorial Day, but the first time in, gosh, a really long time that this the, the baseball team's going to be sweating it out at noon. And, you know, I know you got to, uh, to be there for that Tennessee series, and, and those were two just really close games. If you win one there, you're probably guaranteed in, but it's kind of weird to be sitting here waiting and wondering, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, it's always been exciting to, to watch, even when you think you're the number one national seed. You're watching to see if, if that's the case. Uh, so in any scenario, it, it's always exciting to see your name come up uh, at whatever time it comes up. This year adds an interesting in, intrigue to it. Uh, I don't exactly remember uh, all the details back in 2013 when you and I went to Bloomington. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it was a three-seed Two or a three seed, I and mean, I'm not. I'm not I, I think we got in by the skin of our teeth, but I don't remember uh, uh, how that came about on the on the TV that day. But it's it's a similar situation here coming up on Monday. You know, Jeff, I think going into the Missouri series, uh, I thought their chances of making the postseason were very slim. Uh, I wouldn't say none. I would never say that, but they were very slim. And then uh, you know, let's just throw out ten percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, they win that game Thursday. I'm thinking, yeah, maybe 20% now. <laughs> they win Friday. I'm thinking, well, maybe 40% now. And they sweep the Sarah. I'm thinking, they probably are a 60% chance of getting in because they now taken three from Missouri. And, you know, Missouri's resume wasn't all that much better than Florida's. And I think that gave the Gators a little bit of a jump over them. Uh, now you, you lose that game Tuesday. And I don't know that it made uh, that much of a difference, really. I certainly winning that game would have made a huge positive statement but but the question becomes then did losing the game lose their uh you know their opportunity but i know this baseball america that they still got them projected as a three seed going to atlanta mm-hmm. uh, and, and the georgia tech regional and we're in illinois is projected as a two seed now i gotta think florida's every bit as good as illinois and maybe better so yep. when you get in that two three three two it's, it's kind of a toss-up uh you know, as long as we're speculating, and they, they got a chance. They got a chance to beat Illinois, and then uh, you know they got a chance to to beat uh, Georgia Tech. I think if you, no one would have thought, Jeff, that the Gators would win all three at Missouri, no matter what Missouri's record was, just based on what they have done on the road this year in the league. It was not very promising. So to win three, you don't have to win three if you go to Georgia Tech or any regional for that matter. You only got to win two. So I got to think they got a chance, and so. You know, if, if this team uh, makes a regional, uh, I, I think people have to look at it based on what they saw the first, you know, 60 games of the year, the ups and downs, and, and, and it was okay uh, through March to sit there and think, you know, there's still plenty of time. And then you go through through April and you go, oh, time's running short, but May is a critical month. So people, I don't know that they ever really lost hope. They just kept waiting and waiting, and then it got to a point where we realized the defense has improved. Second half of the year, they were about a 978 fielding team. Second half of the year, hitting was was good. Uh, pitching just never really came around. 
So I, I think if, if this team makes a regional, it's got to be considered a very good year. And if by some chance they're able to win a regional and get to a super regional, it's a fantastic year. Uh, we just can't lose sight of the fact that no program in America other than Florida goes to Omaha seven out of the last nine years. So to sit there and say, well, they didn't make Omaha, so they didn't have a very good year. I mean, if that's your, if that's what you hang your hat on, then you're going to get disappointed a lot because uh, you go, well, gee, we, we went there seven out of nine. Well, you know what? I mean, when I went for the first time in 91, I thought it was great. And it was five years later before I got back. Yeah. And then you know, went back in 98. I thought, okay. And then we go seven years. Mm-hmm. I remember after 98, think, okay, we're all right. And now it's seven years. And, and the first year of the Super Regionals, you remember Jeff in 99, Florida doesn't even play in the first year of the Super Regionals. Yep. And uh, and then, you know, and then they go with an 05 and almost play for the championship. But then it's five more years. So, I mean, you know, what we went through, what I'm trying to paint the picture here is it's an, it's an anomaly. Yeah, it, it's fantastic. It, it was done by no one but Florida in this last decade. So I think, uh, you know, like you and everybody else, I'm, I'm very optimistic for them. I think they got a shot. I think they got a shot. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And for those that didn't see the, the projections that Mick was talking about, did have the Gators in that Atlanta regional, Georgia Tech, the, the one seed, which would be paired up with the eight overall national seed, which is East Carolina. So that doesn't really strike a lot of fear in you in, in East Carolina either. So I think uh, if that's the thing that ends up happening for Florida, certainly a lot of Gator fans would be uh, optimistic of what could happen. Well, Mick, last night, I'm, I'm sure you saw it, and I'm glad that we weren't a part of it because we have been a part of many long games in Hoover for the SEC term. You get stuck in that last game. You never know what's going to happen. Well, last night they played almost seven hours uh, to, to try to finish up the day, and they're finishing up at 3 in the morning central time. Could you imagine having uh, to broadcast that game last night? No. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> uh, you and I have done so many games where we've, we've actually signed off the post game at at uh, what two thirty yeah. uh, Central Time, and knowing that's three thirty Eastern, and, and like I told you, I said it's just me, you, and the board operator. <laughs> the only three of us are, are listening. I'm listening to you. You're listening to me, and that guy on the other end, of course, he's got to listen to both of us. I think that's the only one there, uh, you know. And I and I've also told you, I said I think we could throw out about any four letter word we want, we'd probably be okay. Sure. <laughs> now we we never chanced it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, realizing it, uh, you do it for the love of the craft. You, you know, you don't really, when you're in a game like that and you're going extra inning, you're going along, you're so immersed inside the game that you really don't necessarily realize, oh, my God, it's like 1 a.m. Yeah. We're, in, we're in the 12th inning. And you don't know at that point, we're going to go for two more hours. You know, you, you don't realize that. I think what you do realize, at least for me, I realized when we were doing the pregame show at 1030. You know, oh my gosh, the pregame shows at 10:30, and we're going to start at 10:40. That's what you think about. But then once you get going into the game, you don't really worry too much about that. But no, I, I I'm glad I wasn't in that position last night to, have to, <laughs> to do that. And that's the problem. I mean, I'm watching the ACC tournament. I'm not I'm not advocating one one system over the other. But I mean, they they run three games a day, 11, three, and seven. Uh, there, there's some drawbacks to their pod system. You know, the way they the way they run their tournament, it's not ideal either. But they don't have to. They don't have to play you know, fourteen, fifteen hours at the ballpark, uh, unless they get you know, unless they get a tremendous rain delay situation. It's much more manageable. Uh, but then there's, like I said, there's problem with that because you're deciding some games, some some advancements on run differentials and all those kinds of things. But uh, 
the SEC tournament. They're just they're just really blessed that, for the most part, Jeff, as you know, that this third week or so of uh, May in Hoover, Alabama, is is very good weather on the most part. They'll get a rain shower, a thunderstorm, pop up every now and again. But can you imagine if they got locked in and three or four days of rain? I don't know they could complete the tournament. Yeah, no, no way. Well, you have uh, just now completed uh, thirty years here at Florida, and, and you mentioned Illinois and. Growing up there, it's in uh, in Chicago, and and then working in Ohio. I'm not sure if you ever imagined coming down to to be a part of this community. And now you're certainly a staple in this. And for those that didn't read it, encourage everybody to go to FloridaGators.com and and read Scott Carter's article about Mick and everything that he's done to get here. So so Mick, you look back and you've been the the Florida Sportscaster of the Year. You're now in the Florida Sports Hall of Fame. All these great things that have happened. Uh, could, could you have imagined that when you, you filled out a little resume or sent a tape down 30 years ago? No, I, I really couldn't. Uh, I could not. And it's just for the grace of God that, that I'm in this position. And I owe him everything because I wouldn't be here without that. And, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I try. I was in Dayton, Ohio. worked at the number one rated CBS uh, TV and radio station in Dayton for 10 years, was sports director there. And quite honestly, probably for about uh, – six or seven of those years, I was trying to leave. I wasn't unhappy per se, but I didn't want to stay there. I wanted to do more of what I'm doing here in, in, in Gainesville. And uh, you remember the, the great manager for the for the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. This is pre-Tommy Lasorda, back in the day, Walter Alston. Mm-hmm. He was famous for signing one-year contracts. I think he signed about 24 one-year contracts. It was a different era back then. And, and I, I ended up signing about five one-year contracts at Channel 7, WHIO in Dayton, because I, I wanted to be able to have that freedom to leave. And uh, finally, I, I got an opportunity. But you know what happened to me, Jeff? Uh, I went. I was doing the Dayton Flyers football. Now, football was small time there. Basketball was Division One. Football was not. But I, I approached every game at, at the University of Dayton like it was Ohio State, Michigan, mm-hmm. like it was a you know a Notre Dame, Michigan, like it was, like it was a big matchup, an SEC game. You know, I, I, that was my mentality. Even though I was doing Dayton and Wabash and Dayton and uh, you know Baldwin Wallace and the Division three schools, well they they came to me in August of 1988 and I was the sports director of the TV station and the radio station had its own sports director and uh, the year before I, I'd been doing the national championship game on TV the Division three national championship game the Amos Alonzo Stag Bowl game. And that particular year in '87, the Dayton Flyers are playing in the national championship game, and I'm doing it on television. Well, the radio manager wasn't very happy that his radio play-by-play announcer was now over there on TV doing the Dayton Flyers. I didn't realize it at the time. This was December of 87. So we come to August of 88, and uh, they come to me the first week. I said, by the way, uh, we're going to have our radio sports director do the Dayton Flyer football games this year. You're not going to be doing it. And I was crushed. Yeah. What? Uh, I was crushed. I mean, you get told August the 5th that you're not doing the football games coming up. So that 1988 season... I didn't do any play-by-play. I went and traveled with the Bengals and covered Bengals games, not as a play-by-play announcer, but I went with them and traveled. And, and uh, you know, the point of the whole story is if that does not happen to me, I'm probably still going to sit there in Dayton, Ohio, year after year after year. And that's where we got into a discussion. And they said, I said, look, just give me those Dayton Flyer football games on Saturday. I'll be totally happy. And they said, you know what? If it takes you 12 Dayton Flyer football games on Saturday to be totally happy, then you're not happy with the rest, the other 99% of your job. And I, I, it was hard for me to take. And I, and I look back on them thinking they probably were right. But uh, as a result, it, it got me out of there. 
And, uh, you know, again, it was all God working. I mean, what looked like a closed door was the opening of another door because less than seven months later, I was named the voice of the Florida Gators. I was just happy to be uh, working at this level, and I dreamed about working at the SEC and big-time college football. And and so to come in in 1989, no, I had no idea that I would be here for 30 years. And uh, yeah, But I knew it was a great job the day I got it. And, Jeff, it only got better and better and better and better every single year. I mean, because, you know, when Steve Spurrier came on and then Lon Kruger came on, followed by Billy Donovan and, you know, and then Andy Lopez comes on and, you know, on and on, here we go. And it just rolled over, and it's been tremendous. And uh, like I like to say, I really never worked a day in my life doing this. <laughs> well, and, and <laughs> to, to form all the friendships that you did, all those names that you mentioned, and, and I remember as a player, being in the dugout and you were right there talking to Lopes all the time and I know you guys were really really close and talked about so many things and catch in touch afterwards and obviously you and Billy did that and and coach Spurrier as well so to be able to interact with the coaches like that and you know just I guess be a part of their thoughts and and what that competitive spirit was all about I'm certainly that helped you throughout all this time too didn't it? Yeah, I really did. Now, and I go back to my days riding the bus with the Dayton Flyers football team, and they had an offensive bus and a defensive bus. We didn't fly anywhere. And I always rode the defensive bus, and the head coach was a defensive guy, and I would sit right behind Mike Kelly, who's in the College Football Hall of Fame, uh, and uh, just pick his brain. And I realized at that point in time, you know, basketball coaches, they're, they're, they're pretty cool. But football coaches, I really found them to be so fascinating and that the way they approach the game and the way they approach the motivation and all that stuff and I thought wow this is really special so I got a great background in that and then I come to Florida and lo and behold uh you know after I'm here a year Steve Spurrier comes in and Steve Spurrier treated me so grand treated me greatly and I was able to learn so much from him and walk down the hallways uh, of the coaches offices doors would be open and no matter who it was, whether it be, uh, you know, Carl Franks or, or Jim, Jim Collins, Jimmy Ray Stevens, Ron Zook, Charlie Strong, you name it. Hey, Mick, Mick, come on in, come on in. You know, I, I was looking for, I was looking to be invited in, but I wasn't going to knock my way into the door. If they had their head down, I wasn't going to bother them. But if they were just kind of sitting there and, hey, Mick, I'd come in and well, the next thing I know, they'd be up there doing, drawing X's and O's on the chalkboard and they'd be teaching me this and they'd be teaching me that. I'm going, this is unbelievable. This is like a postgraduate uh, degree in football coaching. And I was getting one-on-one. Billy Donovan, the same way. Next thing I know, Billy would take out a piece of paper. He's drawing a, he's drawing a free throw circle in the lane. He'd be, he'd be exit on the baseline and X over here on the right wing. And I'm going, oh, my gosh. And it was just, uh, Billy would say, come on into our meeting. Come on into our, on the hotel, in, uh, on, at the hotel. I'd be in the coaching staff uh, room in the meetings. And uh, I'm going, this is unbelievable. So the way I was treated – but these coaches was was just phenomenal, and uh, that's why I, I just became such a so ingrained in this. It was really easy to get on board, but uh, you know these these were now my my friends, my associates, my buddies. I'm rooting hard for these guys, and uh, that's just kind of the way it's for the most part worked. Well, and you know, Mick, I, I obviously got to to share the moment of the, the baseball national championship with you, and you know we're both tearing up, and you know for you to see that, and that for to be now the the third of the trio getting to do that. It's probably not a fair question to ask you what, all the national championships that you've called, which one was better, but just to think that you're the only guy like on this planet that's been able to do football, baseball, and basketball and be a part of those national championships. It's just it's absurd to think about. It, it's unreal. It, it really is. I, I know this. In 1991, when Joe Arnold was coaching the Gator baseball team, that team was uh, 
uh, 11 and 11 after 22 games, and they won 40 the last 50. So we go to Omaha and we go two and two, and it was great. I thought this is tremendous. And then I, and I didn't know we're going to go back. Like I said, it took five years, but in the process, we go to 94 uh, Final Four in basketball. I'm, I'm pinching myself. I'm sitting here in Charlotte, the Final Four calling basketball. And the next year, we're playing football against Nebraska, who had one of the best teams in the history of the college game those, those couple of years there. And we're beating them after the first quarter. <laughs> and now we end up getting beat 62-24. Sure. But I'm thinking, we got a chance to win a national championship in football. We went in there undefeated. And then we got our rear ends handed to us. But then the next year, we go out and we win a national championship. So that will always be special. And we do it against FSU. And that, that will always be as special as any. But like you mentioned, to get to do three, and, and then I go to a basketball national championship, and, and we, don't, we, we don't beat uh, a Cinderella. We don't beat somebody that, that hasn't won anything. We go out and we, we'd be a UCLA, mm-hmm. you know? We, we just beat Florida State in football, but now we beat UCLA in basketball. And then we, we fast forward to 2017, and, you know, we're not beating East Carolina. I remember a couple of years ago, Coastal Carolina was, was really good and won the title. Well, we're not beating Coastal Carolina. We're beating LSU. Yeah. So we have, we have just beat the heavyweights in all three of these major sports. And I'm going... Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm not a uh, I'm not a embarrassed or ashamed to say I, I couldn't hardly speak because uh, I couldn't catch my breath. My, uh, you know, I was sobbing so much that uh, plus I knew it was the last game I was going to do on radio. Also, and I told you, you know, I, I told you when we got to Omaha, mm-hmm. I knew going into Omaha that this was going to be it. But I didn't want to tell you that until we got a couple of games into the tournament, and I told you this, this is it, Jeff. So let's see if we can't do it all. And then we get that <laughs> we win the first game against LSU, and then we win the we're getting ready to close the last one on. That's all I can do is I, I just I couldn't hardly breathe, let alone talk. It was it was amazing. Yeah, certainly was. Well, <laughs> you know, Mick, the the last thing, and you know, I, I think so many people listen and and obviously know what you do, but I, I think the neatest part now being next to you and through all the football games is just when when it's over, just the amount of sweat that you have and the passion that that put into it has certainly taught me a lot. But I, I think maybe the the neat part that a lot of other people don't see or it might be late in a baseball game and it's 17 to 1 Florida but the the walk on comes on and he might get his first hit or god forbid he hits a home run or something you've always treated whether it's late in a basketball game football game baseball game like it's the first inning and it's a one nothing game or it's a tie game going into the fourth quarter whatever it might be so and, and I know you probably do that because this is like a parent's opportunity or family opportunity to hear that passion for, for their kid that they may have never been able to think about. So I, I think that's something special that uh, I really appreciate that, that you've been able to like, just to, to give everybody these 30 years. But Jeff, I, I think the number one thing about the, all of this is, is preparation. You, I, I love the, the nitty-gritty and getting in there and nitpicking stuff apart and getting prepared. Because, look, when you speak for a later, you, you know, there's no backspace to the tongue. You're going to make a mistake. So I'm not going to make a mistake because I'm ill-prepared. I know mistakes are probably inevitable. So i got to control as much as I possibly can. And, therefore, I call every play of every game almost kind of on the edge of my seat with, with you know, with an expectancy. Because if, if they take that play out and stick it into a time capsule, and 50 years later they say, oh, here was Mick Hubert. He did the Gators for 30 years or 40 years or whatever it's going to be. And they're going to go, that guy? I think it was pretty bad. You know, I got very good. I, I want that because you don't really know when that, that's going to happen. So you want every play to be a time capsule worthy. And, yeah, if it's a, 
you know, it's like uh, we used to kid like Brady Ackerman when Brady was with us. That's Brady. When you scored that touchdown in the homecoming game, I wanted it to be special, even though we were winning 65 to nothing, you know, for you. Yeah. That was a big game. So you, you have to have that mindset. And uh, that's that's the way I approach it. And I, 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 I do have to say this, Jeff, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell people that I'm so proud of what you are doing and what you have done because, you know, I knew you as a player and, and we would have these little fake interviews back and forth in the dugout and all these kinds of things. And, you know, and, and then and then you actually pursued it and actually got to a point where you're now going to be not this is not fake. This is on the radio. This is real. Yeah. So now you now you know the game, but you don't really know the broadcast part of the game. So uh, you were you were a great student, and uh, and 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 I tried to you know instruct you the best I could. Uh, there, there's no there, there's no right way or wrong way to do this. It, it, it is it is an art. It is not a science. But there are some basic fundamental things that you have to be of no to do. And uh, you were like, kind of like a sponge in that, the, you know, you'd have the note. I have a notebook. You, you had a notebook. And while we had different stuff in the notebook, the concept was there. You understood that you had to have that, that's, that, uh, that knowledge and you had to have that stuff at your fingertips. That's why I always kid about in the baseball booth, don't be a wall builder. Don't take all your <laughs> stuff to the wall because you got to look. You got to turn your head away from the pitcher's mound and you got to look to the wall to read your stat. And now you're not engaged with the game. So you got to have stuff in front of you. And people say, gee, how do you know all that? Well, you memorize a lot, but what you don't memorize, you know exactly where it is. Mm-hmm. You book to go find it. You can get it pretty quickly. And you've been able to do that. And you've taken this and you've worked on it and you've expanded. And, and you've just done a great job of, of, of doing that you know, as a baseball broadcaster. So I'm very proud that, uh, that, you're, that you're doing the way you're doing it. And I think not just because I was kind of your mentor in that sense that uh, you understood that, you know, I'm not sorry. I'm just not going to go out there and, and throw up against the wall, you know, and just and slop it in there. I'm going to try and, you know, get a system and a style and I'm going to, you know, and, and do it. And I'm um, very, very proud of the, what, what you've done as the radio announcer for the Gators in baseball. Well, thank you, Mick. No, that's great. Um, so now you, you get your vacation. I know you got your spot on the beach ready to go, but you got to, you got to come back a little early. We got that. That one week earlier start than than normal, but that, that should be a a fun one. I, I know you you really enjoyed being with, with Dan Mullen and and around him th- this first year, and and you're really really excited to uh, to see what's at stake for year two. Dan's been great. He, he came back with the great enthusiasm, and, and really, it's never really waned in, in 18 months or so, whatever it is now. Um, you know, you, you know, it, it's it's been a great ride, and, and I, I got a feeling we're we're. St- almost still just just coming out of the starting blocks you know i don't want to make it look like we were we've we've reached the goal because we haven't and we're still building we're still growing but uh, i like the direction we're going and like i say dan's been great the coaches have been fun to work with in football now and uh you know it's, it's been super and yeah i tell myself you know i don't have to get ready i don't have to be ready for for, for 12 games August 24th. I only got to get ready for one. That's right. And that's the Miami game because we'll have two weeks before we play the next one. And so uh, it, it'll be a little a little earlier start than usual. But uh, what a big game that is and, and how exciting that's going to be. So that'll be a whole lot of fun. But, I, but I'm not – I had a couple of guys tell me yesterday, Mick, I can't wait for football. And, you know, they say that because they know my answer. I got my tongue on my cheek. I'm looking. I'm saying – not me. <laughs> it's a release for you. It's work for me. I'm not ready to go back to work and do football just yet, but That's right. I love it. I love it, and we'll love it when we get there. It's going to be fun to get there, but I, I don't, I'm glad it's not next week. <laughs> right there with you. All right, Mick, thank you so much, right. as always. 
All right, that is the voice of the Gators, Mick Hubert, joining us here to uh, to start things off. And as all of our guests do, Mick joined us on the Titan MRI hotline. A Titan MRI, you'll visit the only locally owned and operating MRI center in town. Don't have any insurance, no problem either. They have same-day scheduling, whatever time works best for you. Call Joe up at midnight. He'll come in and uh, give you a scan if you need to. That's what he does. So if you need an MRI, Titan is the guy. Call him up. Start feeling better today. Well, I know this guy's feeling good because the Mets already won today. That is PG. He is ready to go. So we'll uh, we'll take a timeout. We'll bring him in here, and we will get after it. Phone lines are open now for you. 392-8255 on the 